From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion Disneyland Edition for the week of February 7, 2013. I'm your host Tom Bell and I'm joined by our Disneyland team, Nancy Johnson, Mary Jo Malata-Willy, and Michael Bowling. In this segment, Michael talks about how the Walt Disney Studios is working to preserve their classic films. Um, yeah, recently I was at a lecture at the Walt Disney Family Museum about, um, that was held by Theodore Gluck. He's the director of the Walt Disney Studios Library Restoration and Preservation Department. And he's been with the um, studios for 23 years. Uh, just to give you a little background on sort of the history of film. So you have a couple hours to pull up a chair. No, it's just uh, eight, in 1895, the first film was presented by Louis and Auguste Lumiere. Um, from 1927 to 1952, all films are made the same way, using nitrate negatives. And then from 1952 to 2008, they were all made using safety film. And beginning in 2008 to present day, most of them are made digitally now, which is why um, you know we no longer have Kodak as a sponsor at Disneyland oh. and things like that. Um, 50% of the films, though, made before 1950 have been lost because the nitrate negatives deteriorate and they turn to dust. And then many have been lost due to fires. Um, People in the Southern California area might remember that Universal Studios and Warner Brothers Studios had huge fires where um, a good chunk of their film libraries were lost. And, and nitrate fires are almost impossible to put out because nitrate uh, creates its own oxygen. So uh, given, given this, when you think about it, a lot of the classic Disney films were made during this 1927 to 1952 period. So the Disney studio has been in the forefront of preserving its film library. And the studio spent 16 months scanning all the negatives in their library. And then what they're going to do is make new black and white negatives containing the color record of the films. And these aren't going to decay like the nitrate negatives. So as a result, what they will ultimately have are the, is the original nitrate negative of all their films a digital copy of the negative, and then a new negative each film, and then they're ultimately will be releasing them on Blu-ray and DVD as they've you know, already begun. To pay for um, all the work, okay. Exactly. <laughs> they, they, can, they have to have the revenue stream in right. order to preserve the films. And we'll talk about why one particular film is probably never going to be restored, because there's probably never going to be a revenue stream. And we already know what time <laughs> oh, it is. Oh, we all in 1915, um, Technicolor was introduced, and the first camera was 100 pounds, and it ran three strips, strips of film. One was sensitive to red, one to blue, and one to green. But when you finally added the sound equipment in, this camera was 500 pounds. Whoa. Wow. Um, the, the 1950s color films were all made with this three-color nitrate emulsion process, but unfortunately these emulsions were unstable and the colors are fading. And a lot of the studios are not going back and and preserving and restoring these films. So remember like maybe when we were younger, like uh I know when I was in college we'd go to those, you know, little little theaters where they ran um old films, you know, like the art houses, and you could see the old musicals from the 50s and all that. 
um, now those are all faded. I remember the last time I went, I was in college, and because I was taking the girl I was seeing at the time, um, to um, she had never seen The King and I, and I think Showboat. So I took her to see them. They were completely, they were both yellow. There was absolutely no color because the negatives had faded completely. So, so we're losing all of those films. Um, the Walt Disney Studio was originally the only studio that could use the three-step strip technicolor um, process for animated films. Um, all of the other studios were only granted um, a two-strip technology. But a few years later, sort of after Walt showed he could do it, he granted permission for other studios to use the process. Um, so during the scanning process of its technicolor films, like Snow White and Sleeping Beauty, the problem they ran into that if one of the old technicolor cameras had been out of alignment, because um, sometimes they used multiple technicolor cameras, um, when they finally when they restored the film, the colors were all slightly separated. So you can see this if you got some of the first digital um, DVD releases of Snow White and Sleeping Beauty. Um, did you notice that in some scenes the characters were sort of slightly outlined in red and green? And if you did, that's because one of the cameras were out of alignment. And that's because in those first, uh, the first time they restored some of these films, they weren't, they didn't have the technology to work directly from the negatives. So they were working like off of 35 millimeter prints and things like that. So that's why they got this, um, color separation when they restored the films. Um, but now that they can digitally scan, they can actually go back and work with the original negatives without harming them. But Walt Disney, though, who's a pioneer in everything, he pioneered the use of um, successive color negative film. So rather than running three separate strips of red, green, and blue film, he ran one negative, and on the negative would be the red negative, of the film, then the blue, and then the green, all on one. So, it, but what this meant is for a film like Bambi, the negative is four to five linear miles long. Um, Sleeping Beauty, the film is seven. The film negative is seven and a half miles long. Wow. And so, but the what's good about this is they can use this negative to generate the cyan, magenta, and yellow negatives. And in doing the restoration process, they can then scan all of this to remake the color negatives. And Walt Disney was just sort of ahead of his time because the key advantages to using this successive negative process as opposed to the three-strip format is that there's this single focal plane for each frame so that the cameras are, everything's aligned. Um, so the, uh, so they, everything's aligned back into a stringle, singles, I, there's too many S's in all this, <laughs> into a, <laughs> into a single strip of film. So instead of there being three separate records of the film that they have to align, there's only one record of the film. So that whole outline of the red and green that, um, you know, we saw in the early DVD releases of some of the films that I talked about, that's eliminated now that they can work with the original negatives again, and because Walt used the successive um, films negative. So, like I said, Disney's the only studio that works with the original film negatives. There are no other studios that will touch their negatives. Uh -huh. um, so, 
when restoring the then the problem they ran into is is you know we've made such um advances in the resolution of projecting films so when they were restoring bambi uh you can now see all the white dust that was on the original negative that was photographed when the film was made um which uh, the early audiences couldn't see because the projection resolution technology wasn't as good as it is today. Um, you can also see blue scratches in a negative that indicated damage. And you can even see fingerprints now that were on the original cells that got photographed um, for the film. But now, through digital technology, they can clean up all of the dust and scratches and fingerprints when, um, when they're making the new um, negatives for the film. And then they, they showed, um, Theo Gluck showed one scene of Pinocchio. It's my favorite scene in the whole film. Pinocchio is my favorite classic Disney film. I just, really? yeah, I, I just think it's so gorgeous and you think that was all hand done in the shadowing and the detail. And in, in the scene of Pinocchio, you know, the, my favorite scene is where they, they make great use of the multiplane camera you know when they come zooming in over Pinocchio or Geppetto's village and they sort of move in between the buildings and the trees and they they sort of focus in on the um, town square where and where Geppetto's toy shop is and it, it's a classic scene you see all the children running off to school and stuff um, when with with the current projection resolution you suddenly see where the camera is reflected in the film when they were filming that scene, the light reflected oh, and wow. it the camera right in the middle of the scene. And so now they can um, digitally remove this reflection and, and make the image, um, you know, pure. Um, now then the problem is, is that then they have to determine what, what was this film really supposed to look like? Um, so they have to determine what were the original colors of the film? What did Walt and the, animators really intend for audiences to see. So what they do is they go into the archives of the Animation Research Library, and um, because on they still have a lot of the storyboards and a lot of the original drawings where the animators have made notes all over them, and a lot of times they will note the colors as to what each of these scenes are supposed to be. So they referred back to those. And also, if um, there are any original Technicolor reels of the film still existing, they'll view those. Now, a lot of those films are still very volatile because they're nitrates. So UCLA is the only theater in the area that's set up to view nitrate films. They have one on campus that they worked with the fire department to set it up. <laughs> that's how they... they, they um, they like when they were restoring Snow White and Dumbo, they were able to get um, some of the original Technicolor reels in order to see what were the original colors. Because you know they don't want they don't want to make them too vibrant and they don't want to make them too muted. And um, they said audio restoration was more difficult because not all of the dialogue records were saved. So again, they had to a lot of times go back into the notes and, and things like that. Um, to restore Fantasia, just to give you an idea of the length of films, um, they had to scan 600,000 frames of the black and white, um, you know, negatives in order to during the restoration process. And remember, when I say black and white negative, remember the the color um, coding is is on those negatives. 
And then, he, and then Theodore Gluck talked about why, why do they preserve? Um, they said because of their commitment to preservation and restoration, Disney doesn't have anything that they consider a lost film. Many studios have, they have decades of films that, that are irretrievable, that are lost. Um, the thing is, they no longer have any original elements of Steamboat Willie. The original, you know, the original Steamboat Willie did deteriorate. But, but they made a digital scan of it and a new negative was made of the film so that we still have Steamboat Willie. Um, now Sleeping Beauty was interesting because it was filmed in Technorama, but, and it was originally shown in 2.35 format. But it was made in 2.55 format. So you may, if you've ever remembered seeing Snow White originally, I'm sorry, not Snow White, I'm sorry, Sleeping Beauty, you might notice when you look around the edges that like some of the characters are cut off. They showed one scene in the banquet room, and all you see, are, I think it's um, Flora's elbow, is <laughs> it is there, and you think, well, why didn't they just anim? show the whole fairy well they did it's just because they showed it in 2.35 format she was cut out so when they res- when they restored it they restored it back to its 2.55 and they cleaned up all the edges and now on the dvd and blu-ray we can see the um fully restored technorama version as it was intended to be shown and we're seeing it for the first time as it was intended to be shown. Um, restoring Snow White. We talked a lot about that because this was in conjunction with the Snow White exhibit at the museum. When they pulled out the original negative, it was already in the process of deteriorating. It was spliced. It was damaged. They had spliced safety film into the original nitrate film, and that starts to create more damage. And once your film starts deteriorating, it's like a domino effect. There's nothing you can do to stop it. Um, some of the sprockets were broken, things like that. So the, like, the studio worked with the archives to get all the original color references. There's a tremendous amount was saved on that film. Ted Thomas, who's the son of Disney animator Frank Thomas, knew there were two Technicolor reels of Snow White. So they used those also as a color reference for the film. Um, they noticed that in Snow White's death scene, um, originally she was out of focus but they were able to snap her back into focus because they could digitally remove that second outline. So now for the first time, we're seeing Snow White in focus in that <laughs> scene. So, um, so the next project now that they're working on are the live, is the live action film library. Because remember a lot of them were also filmed in that Technicolor film that's all starting to fade. Um, the colors on, the, the color is completely unstable. For instance, Pollyanna, the negative is completely shot now. Um, and he showed, he showed uh, what it looks like, and, and the blues and reds are all gone from it. That's it's so weird. Right now, yeah. And so what they, did, what they did, though, is that they can use the yellow cyan and magenta negatives that's, that they created, um, you know, from the Technicolor process to recreate the separate elements they can go back and do the, and recreate the red, you know, green and blue. But then they can also salvage it digitally. He showed how they did it. They he showed a scene at the train station when Pollyanna is arriving, and what it looked like originally, which is like I said, it's all sort of golds and yellows. And 
then um, digitally they started to add back in the blues and the reds. Again, they still went into archives and did everything they did for the color references, but they got it back digitally to its original um, condition. Hey, Michael, how long does it take to... Do they do they tell you how long it takes to restore the, the film, like a certain time element? He didn't. I know it takes years, um, but he didn't give okay. it time, but it is a long, long process. Well, I think that also, too, depends on how specifically damaged it is and if they have to pre-fix certain things before they can even turn it into, you know, digital restoration or whatever. Because if you've got other problems with the negatives, tears, splices, whatever, you still got to fix those first. Yeah, I was going to ask, do they transfer the negatives to another negative or do they do. just keep the originals? They keep the original, and what they do is they keep the original in um, uh, in like cold storage, okay. in, in a temperature controlled and very low humidity environment, which will preserve them. And then they make a new, um, you know, black and white negative with the color coding on it, and then they make um, a digital negative of it as well. It's a lot of work. It is. But, you know, look at what they're preserving. I mean, they're preserving Walt Disney's legacy and the legacy of all the animators. Yeah. They pulled that their next one they pulled out was 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Negative was also completely shot. And so they were, they digitally corrected the color. And also it was filmed in Cinemascope and Cinemascope creates a stretching. So in like James Mason's face, it, it looks like he has mumps. Because of the stretching, they were able to correct that so that now in the restored version, it's it's his real face. Oh, with amazing. Stretching effect. Um, they couldn't correct the distortion caused by the camera panning. Um, they tried to, but it wasn't possible. And so D23, you, um, when you interviewed Steve Clark. Right. Stephen. Stephen Clark. Yeah. Um, Tom, he said that they're going to be showing 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea for the D23. Yeah, I just pulled that out while you were talking. Yeah. And November 16th. Yeah, and we're going to see, people who go will see this newly restored version of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. So now they're running into a problem already with with all of this restoration. For instance, in 2004, they backed up all of Bambi in two different formats, um, both of the formats are now obsolete. <laughs> so. Are they still trying to use beta? <laughs> <laughs> nice. <sighs> but um, but Ed, eight, Nancy. But uh, <sighs> Ed Catmull, president of the president of Walt Disney Animation Studios and Pixar Animation Studios, he wants Disney to migrate their data every single year. Their whole digital film library, he wants them every year to migrate it to whatever is current. And, you know, well, that costs time and money, you know, to do that. So um, I, I don't think, I don't think that's, that's not, that's not in process yet. Um, but Theo Gluck said that data reliability is a worldwide issue. Um, they don't know what the longevity is yet of these data files they're making of their films. But he said the original negatives are still usable. And like um, we were saying, Mary Jo, keeping the nitrate negatives in cold storage and, and minimal humidity helps to keep them preserved. 
And by scanning that original film image, they can make a color negative and the new black and white separation negative with the color coding. So they're always going to be able to, you know, recreate the negatives from the originals. Now, of course, the film that everybody asks about is Song of the South. And um, he says the Song of the South has been preserved and scanned, and they would love to restore it, but there's not a revenue stream associated with it through a Blu-ray and DVD release. But at least it's preserved so that if ever they had the inkling to do it, they could. Right, right. It's not on the schedule to be restored, but it is preserved and scanned. Okay. Well, at least there's that. Yes. Yes. Definitely. And and they did show um, in the lecture. They showed scenes of what it looked like prior to restoration and what it looks like now. And it does, or I should say, prior to um, scanning uh-huh. preservation. And it really, it's beautiful. I mean, it looks. It's right. a shame that you know we won't see it. But um, but. Thanks to the efforts of the Walt Disney Studios Library Restoration and Preservation Department, you know, new generations are going to be able to experience and enjoy the artistry and magic of Walt Disney and his animation team. Excellent. Thank you, Michael. That is going to do it for this segment of the Diz Unplugged. Be sure to catch our other Disneyland shows this week, and of course we'll be back again with you next week. Until then, remember Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening. <laughs>